Nina, what's up? Oh. How's it going? You know what's funny? Oh, I'm good, yes. Before you did our show, Ted Jones Comedy Show, Plug. I saw you, yes, of course, I saw you on Hacks, that show. I was like, what, is she about to do our show? And she's on the, on that, what was it, HBO, right? HBO Mark. So good to see you on the couch, actually, after seeing you right here on the TV in wow. front. But what's up? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Nina. It's- How are you it's like life imitates art you know absolutely uh i'm good i'm really good uh yeah life is good life is good right now life is good which i always feel like is a rude thing to say depending on who you're speaking to you think so well maybe if you answer too enthusiastically that could be seen as rude like oh she thinks she's better than us i guess in our industry as you know comics can be a bit uh como se dice depressed and um yes and so i feel like whenever you're like i'm doing swimmingly and we also have so much like comparisonitis in our industry that it's kind of you have to temper your mood sometimes you're like yeah no it's just fine it's good whatever whatever no big deal i don't give a fuck like whatever whatever happens it's fine or if somebody comes off stage they're like oh yeah that crowd sucked and then you go up you kill and you love the crowd you're like oh yeah 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 they suck dude for sure there's actually a um it's kind of like the way british people i feel like communicate because they they can't be you have to be like everything's fine in uh, Australian culture, a friend of mine told me this, uh, there is, it's called like tall poppy syndrome or something where like they, they don't believe that anyone should be above anyone else. So there's this whole thing of like, oh, you fucking think you're better than us, I? You think you fucking moved to the fucking US, become an artist? You think you're yes. fucking better than us? Okay. <laughs> we're fucking here. You sheep shagger. <laughs> we're fucking here, you know? Um, so I think there's like a bit of that where it's like, you don't want to be the tallest blade of grass. You're going to get good. So, yeah. In your, in your own head, you can think about that. But then in general, okay, yeah, what are you, my like therapist? I think so. We're just like part two, right? Yeah. Are you my part therapist? Two of your therapy session. That I just spoke to? Let's start from the beginning. When did you move to New York? And then when did you get into comedy? Give us the whole 411. Oh. You know, we want to know. And then your podcast as well. You're doing a bunch of things. Yes. Thank you. Um, okay. So I moved to New York uh, officially about two years ago. After the pandemic? During the pandemic. Yeah. During? During. November 2020. Okay. So pre-election, pre-vaccine, the volatility of the market was crazy. And so New York apartments were notoriously cheap. And that's when I came in and I made an attack plan where I was like, I'm going to live in a sick apartment in Manhattan. Smart. So I can and like try to afford it. But meanwhile, I didn't have any income like coming in. So that was scary. It was a big leap of faith that rewarded me tenfold. So I'm very happy about that. And you moved from where? Los Angeles. Yeah. Where'd you think? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I just figured I don't miss Chicago. Maybe I don't oh, know another Chicago. comedy city. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. that'll do it. Um, yeah. L.A. That's like where I was. I'm from. I was in L.A. like three weeks ago. 
I like it each time I go back there more and more, but it's just nothing compared to New York. I feel like New York, you could just so get so many things done. Like if you go to CVS and you forget something that you were supposed to get, you know, you can go right back out and walk to CVS instead of like having to make a whole trip in the car. I know that's very like New York things to you know complain about the fact that things are super quick. Well, you know? I think it's really when you think about it, it's uh, kind of your like the style of living is, I think, significantly more easy here in a way. It's easy and difficult simultaneously because everything is so accessible. We have this kind of culture of convenience here, which is so nice. But also it's like, you know, it fucking rains and it snows and like, you know, somebody's trying to stab you. <laughs> and so, you know, those are the things to avoid. But other than that, but yeah, if you need a fucking tool of toothpaste, I mean, it's exactly. Easy. See, that's what I'm saying. Wait, so you grew up in LA fully? That's Orange what, County, born Los Angeles. Orange County. So did you watch the OC? Oh God, so funny. Uh, no, I didn't. Because I think, well, really, I think it's because it's such a bad, it's such a um, wrong interpretation of Orange County, and I think I always resented it. I think a lot of people from Orange County can attest to this. Because there are shows that represent us like Laguna Beach and o the OC, which only shows this wealthy silver spooned like upper crust. And that's just like showing that's like saying there's a show about L.A. and we're only going to show people from Bel Air and like Beverly, Beverly Hills. Right. And that's it. And then that is your entire interpretation of what that city is when Los Angeles is a panoply of different things. So. Uh, you know, there's uh, it's very diverse and there's poverty there and there's a lot of shit. Um, and I actually think about this often because I don't think there's another place on the planet where there's so much hostility towards. If you're like, I'm from the like Orange County, people are like, oh, it sucks. You suck. Probably. Instead of what, though? Um, oh, I grew up in Seattle. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. That's nice. And it might have been from those early TV shows or like those yeah. first days of what channel was the OC on? Was it Fox? A Fox? They Maybe assume it. if you tell people you grew up in Orange County, they assume that you're rich. And I did not grow up rich in any way. shape. I grew up pretty poor. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just resent it because there's so much like conclusions that people jump to that are just not true. So I get like really like fucking back the fuck yeah. up, Did bro. Did you stay there for college as well? You went were? to Long Beach State. I dropped out. I don't have a college oh, you're degree. An artist. Yeah, True dude. Artist. I, I actually studied art history. Oh, really? <laughs> so I was gonna make like so much money with that degree. <laughs> so that's why I got into it. You know, I, I was like, you. this is lucrative, and it's interesting too. I like it, um, but. Yeah, I was in LA for a long time. Moved there when I was eighteen, and uh, oh, from oh, so you OC. moved to OC to Long Beach. No, LA straight. But then when you went to Long Beach, I just drove. how old were you? I was eighteen. Oh, you went from LA to Long Beach. Oh no, is wait. That close? I went to I went to OCC, which is a community college. I was I had really bad grades. I barely passed high school. I had bad grades too. Oh my god! Once I, I got to college, I was doing better just because me too. The, well, I was on the Tennessee team and the tutors got the tests like early and got us homework early. So it was like, it was a lucrative type of situation as you were referring to before, but I was like a journalism major. I was initially a journalism major and oh, I, yeah? I wrote for my high school paper, the golden arrow shout out Woodbridge high school, cool. Irvine. Woodbridge, Irvine. Yeah, bro. Lit. Uh, but yeah, I was a staff writer. Yeah. What's a staff writer? I don't know. I, I wrote stories. What that position means. 
It's a great thing. It's like when people say I'm in equity. I'm like, I don't know what that means <laughs> at means all. Make money, but yeah, but it's like you're in the business of managing money. So you're in the business of managing the paper. No, no. I just would be like, okay, Bosh, we gotta do a we gotta do a story on these water fountains. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it'd be like a book review, and I'd be like such a fucking cunt that I'd be like. Um, I read Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut, and here's my fucking hot take. Deep. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut, deep. Were you in plays and stuff in high school? No. The theater major and stuff? No. no? I, I thought, you know, it's funny. I was such a bad kid in high school. I was like a stoner. I did a lot of drugs. I partied a lot. I had a fake ID. I went to, like, I, my dad lived in L.A., and I went to L.A. quite often when I was a teen, uh, then he moved to San Francisco and I went there a lot. And I just like, I just partied a lot, did a lot of drugs. I was gnarly. I thought like school was fucking lame, bro. And like, yeah, I'm a writer because I'm smart. I like literature and music and like skateboard shit. No, but I was a skater dater. You were a skate. It wasn't, it's not, she was a skater boy. No. Avril Lavigne. It just means I got my heart broken by guys that like do not have a good vocabulary. <laughs> and like baggy pants and the beanies like me right now. Well, this isn't like Yeah, you're triggering me. Look at the Hollywood gym. I'm wearing this too. Oh, wow. True LA. Yeah. You're, you know? you're repped. Anyway, as you're saying. So, yeah. I I grew, what, where, what was I saying? Oh, I was bad. I had uh, bad grades. I, I graduated with like a 1.7 GPA in high school. Very bad. Uh, but I ditched all the time so I could like do acid and get like fingered by <laughs> skaters. <laughs> and it's like Amazing. hard to study when you're doing those. It was yeah, really well, busy. You know, some things are more valuable at that time. And, you know, you can't regret those things that you did in the past in high school. Why did you move to New York, though, from L.A.? Just oh, kind of needs to get out of. Yeah. Well, I, I lived in the same 30 mile radius the first 30 years of my life. OK. And I think that's really limiting in a lot of ways. I think I really admire people's like journey throughout life and the world and you know a lot of people are like oh i grew up in massachusetts and then i went to college in florida and then after that i like moved to texas and i did and i think you learn about yourself when you have to consistently like submerge yourself in new environments and i'm really impressed with that um i'm also the only person uh, no, now the first person in my family born in the U.S. And so my mom immigrated here from Iran. And so for me, like just the journey, like moving around and finding yourself, I just never really had that. I literally lived in the same, just like Orange County, L.A., went to see my dad often in the Bay, but that's still, it's all, I'm just a Cali girl. And then um, I started spending a lot of time in New York about five years ago. I was doing a lot of like, comedy shows coming out here and just really wanted to explore the city because I've always loved it. And it just like, I come, I came all the time. I had a place in Williamsburg. I was here like almost every other month for a long periods of time. I did this acting studio here that I'm still in. That I love. And, uh, I just fell in love with it. Then the pandemic hit, I was trapped in LA and that was the catalyst for me to be like, wait, I actually am so over this place that it's really, it's actually stifling my growth and my yearn for curiosity and struggle in a way. Like, I think when you are in a new environment, you have to struggle. And I think that's positive. Did you know a lot of people before you moved here? Yeah, I knew a lot of people. I, I had like the hookup, you know, like I, 
I was DJing a shit ton. I was doing shows already. I have so many friends here. It was, it was super easy. The transition, um, it was hard initially cause it, it was a pandemic and we were forced to like, you know, eat in like weird sheds outside while it was snowing. Yeah, <laughs> but- <laughs> but I like bubbles. Weird bubbles. Yeah. But I mean, I'm here now. It's been, wow. It'll be two years in, I think about like a, a, week. a week. Yeah. And like a week and a half, something like that. And it just was, I mean, everything's great. Where did your parents initially meet? They met at UC Davis. My dad's American and my mom's Iranian and they met. Do you want to hear the story? It's yes, cute. Please. It's Let's really, it. it's Let's really charming. So my mom was dancing and my dad sees her is like, what a cute girl. You know, my dad's not much of a dancer. He's more of an intellectual. Like so she was at like in a performance dancing or she was like on the dance floor. No, she's not a stripper. She's a scientist. So <laughs> <laughs> Very far away. No, but she's a really good dancer. My mom's really fun and bubbly and, you know, just this cute little Persian woman who's very fiery. So she's just dancing. They're at like a bar, basically nightclub-y, whatever a nightclub is in Davis, California. So it's like, it was probably like a pizza place by day that they're like, you know, the owner's like, I think if we put a fog machine in here, and we <laughs> a get fog machine I and think, a disco ball. Yeah, And I think if we get somebody, you know, playing the ones that, you know, Jethro Tull, <laughs> then, you know, we're going to, we're going to have all the, I don't know why this fake he's pizza Italian, club. Or, yeah. But he's yeah, Italian. Pizza club. Pizza <laughs> club. We'll serve slices for free. Chicks get in before 10. We'll be good. So my dad sees my mom. He's attracted to her. He, you know, I think he tries to dance with her a little bit. And then is like, come sit and talk. Cause that's where he shines. So they start talking. My mother is a very thick accent and she immigrated here during the revolution. And I don't know how much you know about the Iranian revolution. Cause a lot of Americans don't know about it. Well, tell us. I mean, uh, without not, like, giving you not a, like I know much, to be honest, okay. but tell us. Without giving you a ham-fisted history lesson, uh, Iran was a free country for thousands of years. It was basically the way that uh, England is kind of, you know, oriented. So we had a parliament. There was a king. The Shah was the king. That was the Shah of Iran. And he was just this very upper crust, very classy man. The, the relations between Iran and the U S were fucking a plus solid. You can see, I mean, every, uh, president went to Iran a few times a year during their presidency because it is a very important country. People ask, why is it an important country? Look at a map. It borders Iraq Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Russia, and uh, what's on the other side? I don't remember, but whatever. Regardless, it is a, it's right in the Middle East next to some countries that we don't get along with, former USSR borders, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So, and Iran was just this kind of jewel of the Middle East in a lot of ways and a lot of oil. So anyway... Again, I'm like, I'm gonna make this fucking history lesson. So no, we love it. Our history. So um anyway. Oh, Artists telling us history. There was an uprising that occurred because the thing the the gap between wealth and poverty kept widening and widening, and people were really angered by this. And they started taking to the streets. There's a lot of protests. It really the catalyst was that the Shah had this like parade 
And it was just this like opulent parade where he spent millions of dollars. I mean, he was just chains and shit. Oh yeah. He was just a king basically. And so, you know, this is, people were like, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. And so there was a revolution brewing. Now the thing about a revolution is that you don't know which way it's going to go. When you explode something, you don't know where it's going to go. So now what happened to the U.S., or sorry, what happened to Iran is that it became an Islamic republic. And that's why women are forced to wear hijabs. They're, like, they are not allowed to go to... Sorry, let me... Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead, keep going. Um, They're not allowed to like literally play music, listen to music. There's alcohol as is banned because it's Islamic rule. And before it was a country where, I mean, my family, some of them are Muslim, some of them are Jewish, some are Zoroastrian, some are Christian. Like it was a free country where you could do fucking anything. I mean, you look at photos of Iran in the 60s, 70s. I mean, it's just like a swinging hot, cool place. It's like yeah. if Paris all of a sudden is like became handmaid's tale. It's, it's just like so crazy how it happened. And I think the, what's the saddest about it is that no one, it's really seldomly known in the U S and I think that really hurts a lot. Well, do you think social media recently has brought light to it way more so than oh, ever yeah. before? Oh yeah. Oh, and that's the funny up. thing is that people are saying, you know, oh my God, what's happening in Iran? There's these protests and everything. I'm like, do you know that there's protests all the time in Iran and they kill their people? Like there's the last protest in Iran, they, they murdered like 400 people. So, but we don't know about this shit because it's like, you know, when a car bomb goes off in Bangladesh, do we really like, we're like, oh, well, that's just, that's foreign policy. It almost, I mean, it almost seems like when you turn on a proper news station at like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. at night, you hear about something like that almost every day. Yes, it's really normalized. And I think that, Look, what, what occurred, though, is that the tension between Iran and the U.S. started getting fucking bad. Because Carter was president at the time. This is 77, 78. Again, everything was good between Iran and the U.S., all copacetic. Then the people start to revolt. The Shah's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. They're going to literally murder me in the streets. So you bring out the guillotine. Yeah, he wants to go to the U.S. Now... The U.S. is like, especially with Jimmy Carter, he just got into office and he's like, I can't touch this shit. Like, I can't fucking touch this. He was very much a president that didn't want to do any foreign policy, didn't want to meddle in people's affairs, which was smart. But he was also like, I don't know how to deal with this. He allowed the Shah to come in because he had um, lymphoma. And so he was going to die. So he's like, come in. Now the Iranian people are like, fuck you, the United States. Fuck you. So they start burning the United States flag in Iran, in Tehran, the capital. This is 78. Shit is brewing. And people are like, death to America, death to America. All, a bunch of Iranians are saying this. They Some people want, you know, some form of socialism, democratic socialism. Some people want Islamic rule. Some people want like communism. So there's, there's this push and pull of what people want. And then they settled on having uh, Khomeini be the leader. And he, if you know anything about Iranian history, is a fucking asshole. But the Ayatollah Khomeini is a dictator. So we just basically got, we went from having a, king with a crown to a king with a turban that's basically what happened so he's a you know he became this like superpower and it's and he really has hurt so many of his own people and it's fucking it's really sad that this country just my whole family lost their country like that's like devastating 
Anyway, so my mother is in the U.S. while this, because it starts brewing and then, you know, she comes to the U.S. for education. Luckily, my family had money, so they sent her there. She came here by herself, didn't speak English, arrived in JFK um, airport. She's 64. No, no, at the time. She was, oh gosh, 20. So she comes to like, and she was like born with a silver spoon in her mouth too. And so like, like that's the fucked up thing. So like my family, it was a lot like, it was like the, the wealthy people. So the people that they hated. Yeah. So they were like, let's get the fuck out of here. That was a part of her. Yeah. But my family got caught there because you couldn't leave. I mean, you go to the airport in in Tehran during this time and there's just armed teenagers that are like a part of the Islamic renegade that are not allowing people to leave. And my family, my grandparents got stuck there, but then they fled to Switzerland and all this crazy shit. So anyway, um, they, my, my mom is here while this is happening. Okay. So she's like, fuck, like my country's dissolving. This is the late seventies. You can barely contact people. Phones are not working. They shut down everything. I mean, in Iran now, what they do is they'll shut down the internet. They'll do like some Russia shit and some fucking North Korea shit. Question now though, the internet in Iran, like how similar is it to having, you know, free reign on the internet in New York? If it's similar at all. Um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. I don't know, but I know that there's so many things that are outlawed there. So I feel pornography. Yeah. Like that's no good. Well, it's funny if you watch any contemporary Iranian film, uh, but there's really great Iranian films. One's called a separation that won the best picture for foreign language film like 10 years ago, but everything you make has to almost support the Iranian the government. government. It's like propaganda. So what a lot of artists will do to skirt around that is that they'll get really creative. Like they'll get really creative with their artwork and commenting upon something in a really artistic way without pushing too many buttons, which I really admire um, because you know what they're talking about. And you're like, wow, what a great metaphor you've created for everyone because you can't, you have no freedom to say what you actually want to say. So, yeah, anywho, sorry, this story, the story's like a Tarantino movie. I'm like, <laughs> we love it. it is cut up. We love it. So while my mom is here and all of this thing is happening, she's alone. She's terrified. Uh, you know, all this shit. People hate Iran at this point. I mean, you can look at footage of people in the United States in the late 70s burning Iranian flags because they're like death fucking death to America. How about go fuck yourself? Cause there were some Iranian immigrants that lived in the U S and they're like, you don't like it here. You can fucking leave. I mean, it's that, that whole thing. Of, was that kind of like the first hint of having immigrants come to the country and we were really resenting them as Americans. I think that's always happened. You think about Italians and Irish people like in, you know, Ellis Island and you know, that that's, I think that's happened always. And I think that that's primal. I think if you look at the animal kingdom, there's something It's like this is our land. Yeah. Well, there's something that doesn't look like you. It's threat. It's a threat. You know, I think our brain is really animalistic in that way. I think it's just like, you're different. Yeah. Why are you wearing that thing in your head? What does that mean? Okay. I don't like it. I don't trust it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I think it's just, I don't know. It's been normalized that people just, they have an aversion to things that they don't understand and they're not like them. So 
my mom is like, fuck, I gotta tell people I'm not Iranian. So my mom tells people she's Greek because during this time, it's just too, there's too much tension. I mean, there was literally in fucking LA, there was a, a, cause, cause a lot of Persians were also marching in the streets of Los Angeles and, and all over the US to be like, don't let the Shah into the U.S. Don't meddle in this. Don't. Well, where was he going to go, theoretically? Like, Fucking where did Egypt. Jimmy Carter say? No, I know, but where was Jimmy Carter? Like, oh, we'll put him in the U.S. Give him a nice house in Texas. Like, well, was, the was New York. Him? He was. He went to New York to get, because he had lymphoma. He had cancer. And so they were so like, he's going to like, fucking die. Insert the hospital here? Yep. Yeah. And then he went away to like, um, I think not Puerto Rico, but like he then was like on an island and they were like, he's doing and like whatever. Alcatraz. And then he died. Oh. He died like uh, <laughs> he died like a few years after that. I think it's really I think it's sad, but it's also like it's so complicated. It's like, yeah, he was kind of a he was a bit of not a dictator. He didn't rule the people. He just was a it was a classist issue there. Really? He was a. Uh, he was upper class and he was squandering anybody that wasn't of his ilk. And, and, you know, that's not taking care of your people, you know, but that's a lot of countries. So anywho, my mom lies about where she's from. She tells people she's Greek. Cause she's like, fuck this. Cause people are literally hating Iranians. They are, um, yeah, there was a demonstration in Beverly Hills in 79, 78, something like that, where these Persians were like, don't let the Shah in, don't let the Shah in. And all these Americans were, you know, they came and they, they started beating them and there, you can see footage of it. I mean, it's like this sentiment, this like anti Middle Eastern sentiment, I think really sprouted in a lot. I mean, you could look at Israel, Palestine as well. And like, Palestine, you know, where did it really sprout? And it's like, I think where there is greed, there's always going to be tension. And I think that it's so much easier to have a culture war than it is to say, we want their oil. We want their oil. <laughs> That's what the U.S. wants, you know. Um, so it was, it, you know, there's a lot of fucked up, complicated things that happened. Kissinger was like, let the Shah of Iran in. He's our fucking ally. What did Henry Kissinger do again? He was the um, vice president to Nixon. So he also became, I think, this is secretary crazy of state. out of 1.7 in high school. <laughs> no way. You just did not give a fuck. Oh, yeah. I just did drugs in <laughs> high school. Because you're very smart. I'm smart. But, very well spoken. Uh, thank you. Would you ever go back, by the way? To high school? <laughs> yeah, to high school. Would you ever go back, run it back? Billy Madison? Wait. Nina Tarr never been kissed? <laughs> Journalism yeah, major? Would you go back to high school? Yes. <laughs> imagine. You'd be the superstar there. That'd be great. But oh, um, Iran, have you ever been? Or would your mom ever go back? My mom went back in the 90s to try to reclaim some of the land that we had. And she didn't want to. Well, it was it was like a business trip for her. She, wanna, she didn't want to bring you. Was it was too much to bring. No, my mom went there? with her sister. She it was too much to bring. Would me. Would you five. ever go, though? Yeah, I would go if there if it. My mom says that it is not the representation of the country that she and all of, you know, our relatives and oh, ancestors grew up in. It's, it's not. She feels different. No, it's completely well, what different. What would you have to wear and what would you have to do going over there for like five nights? I would have to wear a headscarf and I would have to cover my entire body from uh, wrists to ankles. I mean, when my mom went there in 95, the um, morality police, that's what they're called, the morality police, um, they just use it as an excuse to really terrorize women. And, you know, my mom was there in 95. She's literally sitting on a, you know, curb and she was crying because, 
you know, she's it's it's losing your country when you really have pride in it, especially with like Persian culture. It's like such a thing. Um, you know, she had she said it was like the most miserable week of her life. But anyway, she's sitting on the curb and this cop is like she's wearing a raincoat over jeans and they're like, you're you need a button that it was a final button. You need a button that button. She's like, what? He's like, button that button. It's open. And, you know, my mom is like, fuck this guy. My sister, my my mom's sister, my aunt is like, do not. They will literally rape you and beat you like they will. So you have to like just, you know, be. And then look, you see what's happening there now. People are being killed in the streets. I mean, like there's it's I wouldn't go there right now, you know, obviously. Uh, but I would have to wear yeah a headscarf and cover my whole body. And it was never like that. Up until seventy nine, is there any sort of entertainment over there? Like, what do people in oh, Iran yeah. citizens do at night for fun? They are like, look, there's. It's not like a lot of people too. They throw the baby out of the bathwater and they act like it's a third world country. Tehran is like fucking New York City. It is yeah. in a huge industrial city. You know, um, they have subways. Like people act. I like. I mean, where I grew up in Orange County, which is really Republican. People thought that I, my mom lived where like camels lived in the desert. And that's, I think, also this kind of dehumanization that the West does to other countries. Like this kind of what I was saying before about culture war of like, oh, they're nothing like you. I mean, they wear things on their head and they like hang out with camels and they're in the desert and they like wear weird little shoes that have the tips on them. You know, it's weird. And so I think that there is this, consistent dehumanization of like well they're barely you know it's like what the what america early americas did to africa of like you know they are um they're uh what's the world like this like kind of like they're um oh my god i'm trying to think of the fucking word like just bless their poor little heart yeah yeah sort of thing and it's like it's so much there it's so much easier to act like they're collateral when they're barely human you know, it doesn't matter. So I think that that misrepresentation of Iran in so many ways is just it, it really it's really hurtful. You know, it's really hurtful, especially like that's the only culture I know. My dad's adopted. I have no I was raised by a single mom. I all I have is my Iranian like heritage. And then people are like, you're Iranian. You don't even look Iranian. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even fucking like <laughs> I'm just like, this is a nightmare. Anyway, um. I was gonna I feel like it's so funny because you were like how did your parents meet and then I went on this whole rant but it is all related and connected so if I can you know web my Tarantino web go back to the run it back yes circle back run it back my parents um (laughs) also Iran Contra happened and uh after the the hostage crisis do you know about those no so um they took like 400 uh americans that were at the um american embassy in iran and they held them hostage for 445 days in 1980 nobody died luckily but that was a huge thing so this is happening and my mom is like every and everyone hated iranians they were like let it was just it's a huge deal. u.s embassy in our in our own? yeah okay yeah it's a big fucking deal yes. so you know they were like they were trying to negotiate with all this shit it's it's fucked up. So my parents meet. My mom has a thick accent. My dad, natural question, you know, you hit on someone has an accent. You're like, oh, where are you from? And she's like, 
Because I think they talked Greece. for a bit. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she does the Tommy Guzzo thing. She's like, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I am from Louisiana. I figured you were from the Midwest. <laughs> so she looks at him and decides that, okay, I'm just going to tell this guy where I'm from. Because she lied all the time. I mean, it was just too much to say. You just don't want to get into arguments about it anymore sure, or sure. conflict because i would imagine a lot of people maybe especially at that time if you had a thick accent people ask you you know where are you from yeah exactly and i think it's like being from basically the equivalent is like being in new york right after 9 11 and telling people you're afghani like where were you in 9 11 yeah like oh you're from afghanistan oh okay, we okay. hate you you know what i mean like totally. oh you're iraqi like you did this so I think that like all Iranians in the U.S. kind of felt like this weight on them of like, oh, fuck, like this is bad, man. I'm just trying to fucking live here. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know even know. I don't even live there anymore. Yeah. Like, please. But it, yeah, it was a big fucking deal. And it was also in the news all the time. This is when the 24 hour news cycle just started in like the late 70s. So it was like back to the hostages. What are we going to do about this? Everybody. So it was on TV all the time so it's just like force feeding like iran they're evil iran they're evil so my mom my dad asked where you're from she's like fuck and she just goes i'm actually iranian from iran and my dad bleeding heart liberal is like puts his hand on her hand and is like i'm so sorry that people from my country have made you feel bad about where you're from and that like, bro my mom says so it just broke her like in this way where she's like, nobody had ever spoken to her with that level of compassion. And she'd gone through so much just in the few years she'd been in the US and for somebody to know where, my dad's also studied political science and was like, he's very into politics and um, all of that. And so he knew about Iran. He knew everything that was happening there. He had very, you know, my dad's like, very progressive, very liberal. And my mom felt so seen for the first time, like of like, wow, like somebody not only understands my culture, but like doesn't judge me where I'm from. And mm -hmm. they fell in love. And a few months later, my mom had to go to Evansville, Indiana to finish uh, some, I think she was getting her master's in genetics, something like that, or bi biochemistry. So my mom is like, yay, uh, this was like fun, you know? But I got to go. I'm going to school. So, you know, but this last few months have been nice. And my dad's like so smitten. He's like, OK, well, what's your address where you're going to? She sends it him, you know, her address. And uh, she drives cross country from like Northern California to fucking Indiana. And she gets to her place. And the first thing that is there is uh, she opens the mailbox and it's a letter from my dad. And my dad wrote my mom love letters like every week. He'll call her on the phone. And then a few months later, early year later, I think it was like Christmas or something, invited her to come to with his family in Orange County. That's where he grew up. And then, yeah. And then they, they got married soon after because uh, my mom uh, needed citizenship. So she had like no green card if you're uh, not yeah, a student anymore. Quick. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's go. Um, yeah. 
You and that's the story. You ever stay in contact with any of your cousins? Oh, I, oh yeah. No, none of them live. Uh, my whole family floods. So my mom is one of seven kids, six kids, and then two, a half brother and half sister. And they're all in the United States? or No, of- they all, I'm the only one, really we're kind of the only ones in the United States besides her younger brother. So they all live in Italy, Switzerland, Germany. And uh, my cousins, some of them are in... Yeah, like a lot of them are in Germany, Switzerland. Some of them are like in England. I have so many fucking cousins. Oh, all cousins. over the place. Yeah, my other cousin, she's in like Brazil right now. She lives in Brazil. And uh, what else? Oh, I have, but, but my mom was the first person in the country, in her family to come here. And then it wasn't until the early 90s did her little brother um, move here to like go to business school and he's in Colorado and then he has two daughters. Would you have any interest in potentially in the future? I mean, I can't imagine it would be the near future, but hopefully doing stand-up comedy in Iran as a woman. Gotcha. What would that look like? <laughs> Get literally 2023 maybe? No, 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 no. Please no. No, you're, you are an idealist. I, you know what? I, maybe, maybe I am, but I think that more people should think like me because you're hilarious and like why? I don't understand. It's just like people are living, people are living in a time that's not 2022. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. You know, that's, I kind of almost, you know what I was saying before of like something that, that is, I I guess a gripe I have is that I am Persian and I feel like I don't even, that doesn't even belong to me because so many people are just like, you're just like some like white bitch like you're just and i'm like yeah i am but i come from this like really rich culture and like my family went through so much and i feel like i because i i don't know does that make sense it's like this this i i have i'm so much identify with this culture but people are just like well you don't look persian and i'm like okay like i just like i don't know i get really frustrated because they're like well you're middle eastern i'm like yeah technically i am and they're like but like what and it feels like i don't even have like growing up, I wasn't like literally kids were just all like, oh, your mom talks weird. You're funny. You're not American. Blah, blah. I'm like, OK, so I'm not American. And then I'm like, well, I'm not for a foreigner. Obviously, I'm born here, but I'm also not like it's just I feel like um, I don't belong anywhere. So what do you kind of identify as then? I mean, I'm white. That's for day. I'm sure. Obviously, Persians are a lot of Persians are white unless you're Arab. But I'm not Arab, but um, I'm. I, 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 you know, I think of myself as like, you know, I mean, I'm an American that it's per, I'm a Persian American, I'm a, you know, working Persian American. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's even, if that makes sense. I feel like I've tried to explain to people of like, yeah, just, you feel like, I don't know where I belong because I don't, I don't know, but that's what the U S is great for. Cause everyone, everyone belongs. Cause no one really is from like here in true. some way. Do you know what I mean? We're all unless, renting the land. Yeah. Unless you're native American. So <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you look, <clears throat> excuse me, what are you looking, <laughs> what are you looking forward to coming up at the end of this year, early 2023? Let us in, let us in the peak behind the curtain and also shout out your podcast. What are you talking about over there? Guys, oh my guys God. And girls. Have you listened to it? I've seen the clips. It's uh Real raunchy, guys. I mean, Love I don't talk it. about Iranian foreign Love policy. It. I- I- Iran, Iranchi, right? Yeah, Iran. Wow, that was Let's a stretch. Let's go. <laughs> but I, so oh, that's Iranchi. so funny. That's a good, okay. I don't know if that is. Now you like it. Ranch. Now you like it. It does. <laughs> I'm vegan, though. Vegan ranch. 
Oh yeah, vegan ranch. I don't know if they've created that. Yet, they do. Yeah, they have. They, that? I don't know. That's yeah. such a. I'm just a hot hot sauce guy. What Big salsa? Hot sauce. What salsa? Yeah. What about salsa? I don't know. No hot sauce. Not hot salsa. Hot sauce. I uh, said. Hot sauce. Like, hot salsa. I like salsa. Salsa's aight. Hummus, guacamole, hummus, obviously vegan. Hummus is a big vegan, huge pita hummus. What were we saying? Anyway, I asked, my, you, an, I asked you a question. My podcast is yes. called Girls on Guys, Your pod. and um, I host it with this comedian Liam Cullah, who is ten years my junior, and he is clueless about chicks, as every guy who's like you know twenty two, twenty three is, and so yep, and you know well, older, I'm older. So yeah, that's what's it. Yeah, <laughs> and some older guys. Here's also the thing too: a lot of guys, yeah, and they're. 30s, 40s, 50s, also clueless about women. <laughs> so I have a different female co-host on every time or guest, and it's usually a comedian. We've had OnlyFans girls. We had some actresses, and we have some questions we get from our listeners, and we answer them, just topics. But I definitely don't talk about, like, Iranian uh, foreign policy well, on it. refreshing for everyone Well, listening. it was refreshing for me, actually, because yeah. I'm like, oh, I always talk about, like, Honestly, fucking. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I, like, fully learned a topic the last <laughs> time we came on the Ted Jones World Podcast. Because they're usually just shooting the shit, as I said before, before we hopped on. You're like, oh, what's it related? Imagine I was like, well, it's oppressed females in the Middle East. You're like, oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, well, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, I guess it's refreshing on my podcast to or to be on a podcast and not literally talk about like this one time I was blowing this guy <laughs> and like his fucking roommate walks in. I mean, that's really what it is. And I'm like, OK, well, that's exciting, too. That's exciting. Too. Really, it's on. exciting. I have, you know, but yeah, I mean, look, just look, I mean, look at me. Wax poetics about Absolutely. Henry Kissinger. Um, end of this year, though. Fun stuff coming up. I'm going to L.A. on Saturday. Where do you stay? Where you go there? Home? Uh, I stay at my boyfriend's, but he's moving here, so that'll be null and void. And then, but usually like friends' houses. My mom, I mean, my mom lives there, and I have a, I have a car there, so that's nice. Uh, then I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm going to fucking Mexico. <laughs> going to Puerto Vallarta. What? Birthday or something? Friends' wedding. And nice. Then, Are they Mexican? No. No, they're just from LA. <laughs> yeah, Classic. like legit. Yeah. Yeah. They like they like come to our beautiful fucking Literally Mexico wedding. Cost eleven mil to stay there. Actually, maybe not. Sorry, I didn't mean to generalize. They're usually going there. I would think it would cost. Yeah, it's like money. Cancun or something. Right, right. Is it oh, so it's all inclusive? I don't know. No, I think it's No, it's like wedding. I don't think it's wedding, mean, like, yeah, yeah. We got an Airbnb. I don't fucking know. But um, I don't know. I'm just like traveling a lot. I travel a shit ton. I'm nice. doing my podcast is great. You should listen to it. It's become really popular. It's kind of uh, ranking up Amazing. and like, I don't know what else am I doing? I've just been in a lot of like projects this year. It's been fun. I act. And so I've been in a lot of like films and short films and shit like that. And cool. they're all kind of coming into fruition, I guess next year. Cause like if you shoot them, you know, it takes a while to edit color and everything. So, you know, I don't know. Follow me on social media, I guess. I don't, I don't even know if we're done. I just am acting. Well, like. no, no, no. We're, <laughs> cir we're circling it back. That's what we're doing. Um, this has been a whole circle back. Do you like New York, though, better than L.A.? You see oh, yourself yeah. here the rest of your life. Wow, I love Where that. Where are you from? Good, here. I My parents moved here when I was six weeks old from New Jersey. Both got jobs in New York, and I've been here ever since. I went to University of Connecticut to play tennis, UConn. So I went there for four years and then I moved back to the city, worked to my dad's company for six years and then just started doing this thing. What company is that? Time. 
My Dad's Company. It's, well, it's his last is name. Is it called My Dad's Which, no, Company? We're going to have to blurt this out, but it's called property owner. Classic so New I would, York like, job. Run around. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, this pipe being a he, fix this PVC, all this shit. Make sure that rent is paid on time and stuff. So I was like, ah, oh, that's not so fun. I was doing improv at UCB before the pandemic hit. Was going to start doing like improv, my podcast, comedy shows full time. And then the pandemic hit, so I felt like I needed to help my dad a little bit for like an extra year. And then I made the full jump about like 18 months ago. Started doing this whole thing, Ted Jones World, full time. Wow. So yeah, you're really invested. That's yes. really great. Thank you. I but you are that. a tried and true New Yorker. Yes, I am. You know what's the really show. nice that I noticed about New York um, and not LA is that there's so much more hometown pride here, you know? And I, I think, I mean, there's a, obviously the city is like pretty iconic, you know, it's an, it's a internationally renowned city. Not like LA isn't, but um, LA is the butt of more jokes, definitely. And I think and can fall into these like trappings that are true. Like all the stereotypes are true, you know, <laughs> I don't know why it's true. Um, everyone's like skinny and blonde and tan and happy. <laughs> and either fake calves or fake boobs. Yeah. Right? Fake calves. Oh God. Yeah. Calf implants. Yeah. Fellas. You heard it here first. Get a calf implant. If you want to procure pussy, get a calf implant. Um, that's what we're always looking for. Women are shorts. Yeah. Um, but New York, I, you know, I have friends that are born and raised here as well uh-huh. and they just have so much like, and they have lived here like forever. They're just like, well, yeah, New York's amazing. And it really is like, I'm so inspired by the city all the time. Like you just walk outside and you just overhear a conversation and you're like, what the fuck was that? That's crazy. You see people, it's everyone's living. And I think you know, I had some friends visit from LA recently and they were like, um, you know, it's interesting. Nobody was really on their phones during like dinner. Like if you're at a bar and stuff and, and I'm like, well, I never noticed that about New York, but it's like kind of tr- like more so than LA. They're, they're, they're sorry. LA is more so people are like, it's just more of this kind of share everything, social media frenzy. I think New York is so much more, you're living, you're present, you're real. And you know, I think in LA it was like, what does it look like? And in New York is like, what is it? And I like that, like purity and honesty is something that like, I really became attracted to about the city. Like it's a really, it's just magical. And there's like no isolation. like, ism. like in LA, you're so isolated because you're in your car. You don't walk around. I was say also like you go to West Hollywood to go to that cool bar, that cool restaurant. It's when desi- in like, yeah, sorry. And in, in um, like comedy shows, you can go to the middle of nowhere in Brooklyn and see some of the best comedy for free on a Wednesday night at 9 PM that you've never seen in your life. You, that would never happen in another city in my opinion, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's destination oriented in LA. And so that kind of like, it doesn't, it's not like conducive to like running into, like having magical things happen. Like I think in New York, like there's so much possibility. You know, you go out like one night and you like all of a sudden you're somewhere else like hours later and you're like, I didn't even fathom that totally. this And you're drinking the whole time, taking Uber to Uber to Uber as it may be in LA. You're stuck with the car. You got to park at your friend's house. Friend lives far away and uh, the valley. I don't freaking know, whatever, you know all over the place. I I really respect and appreciate the hustle here as well. And I think LA, it's so beautiful that people don't hustle as much. It's a little bit like groundhog's day, great groundhog's day, but it's a little tough to bury your head in work when the beach is pretty close by, you know, when you're in New York and it's middle of January, it's 15 degrees. 
you don't really want to go outside to get your coffee. You'd rather maybe just make coffee at home. It'll take two minutes instead of going five minutes outside. When in L.A., it's kind of like, oh, well, I can take my time, go to the gym. It'll take two hours. Maybe I'll go to the beach. Yeah, that's really true because I, I feel like I just was sick of like people like, oh, why'd you leave? L.A. is great. I'm like, every city is great for every person, depending on where you personally are in your life and what you want and what you're striving for. And I can totally understand people like in New York for a long time being like, I'm just fucking sick of the like rat race. I just need to like settle down. I want to like go somewhere chill. Totally respect that. There's things that happen, you know, in our inside of us and pers- interpersonally that we need to, you know, go venture other places for. Totally get it. I was like that with LA where I'm like, I'm sick of chilling. Everyone's chilling all the time. Everyone's chilling. And I'm like, I'm, I've chilled out. I'm good. I want to actually do things. I want to create. I want to like, you know, collaborate with people and make good art and have fun and meet interesting, cool people and have adventures and shit. You know, in L.A., it's like, let's go on a hike. I'm like. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Let's go on a hike. Literally. Nina, this was a fabulous episode. Really? Thank you so much okay, for coming on the you. Ted Jones World Podcast. Nina, shout out your Instagram. We're going to pop it up here. Pretty. What is it? Just Nina Tara, though? We're popping it's, it up. It's uh, Pizza Party 69 is my Instagram. Yeah. And then Girls on Guys is my podcast. So please listen. Love it. Anything else? Uh, it was such a pleasure. Thank this you. This was great. Nina, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Peace.